Thanks for tuning in today. Music's a little loud. I'm getting it, I'm getting the feel for it. There we go. I love that song. That's a good one. <laughs> Voice of Truth Radio Show, the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. We uh, email and uh, the podcast. I forgot to bring it, so I don't even know where it is. It's somewhere out there. You it is. There's it. a podcast. I think it is uh, Voice of Truth with uh, Mike Azinger. There you go. Yeah. See, you remember. Oh, you yeah. get that big brain. That's why That's why I like you. I just as my download <laughs> stuff, and it just sticks. You bring a phone. I, I talk about this uh, from time to time, but when I come into the radio show, I, I had a little radio show in Indiana for a couple years. I had information everywhere, pages and pages and books, and that's how I operate. So I, before me in the studio here, folks can't see it, I've got, Papers lined up. I've got a book. This is actually light for me, isn't it? Yes. Huh? <laughs> I mean, where's your uh, file drawer? I don't know. <laughs> you see, like, could, digging through. You know, and... I get tired of bringing the thing. Like, <laughs> I got a bad back. So you bring a telephone. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right here. The, and yeah. you have everything on your telephone. Yeah. And, and basically, while you talk, I'm I'm building my messages and texting people and, and you know, <laughs> well, I'm doing glad work. You're, I'm glad you're uh, right, in, <laughs> right in the wheel. So last week... Um, I was out of town all week, and uh, road trip. So I got snookered. A couple of buddies of mine from Indiana, where I, I lived for uh, an aggregate of fifteen years. My family and I lived there five years. Um, so yeah, hey Mike, let's go to um, North Carolina. So my we do trips. I do trips every once in a while with a buddy of mine. He brought another friend, and we're going to go to uh, an Indian reservation. I didn't even know there were Indian reservations in North Carolina. I did not know either. There's a play they had that we went to called The Trail of Tears, huh. which is woke. Is it? It's woke. Oh, is it really? Did I, they... I sat there telling them. I, was the whole, I ruined the play for them. This is, this <laughs> so is, this is this critical this race is theory. Yeah, and how... exactly. <laughs> so the place, they've been doing the play since 1950. It's carved out of the side of it. It's the Smoky Mountains. Okay. They carved this theater in the side of the mountains, uh, it, they've been doing it since 1950, but I'm betting that they rewrote this play like in the last five, ten years. You know, I've noticed they've been doing that with uh, like regular TV shows and stuff too. I think if they could go back and edit like Andy Griffith and everything, you'd have like a whole different yeah. like spin on stuff. Andy Griffith, um, he can he can be liberal too, but I can't yeah. watch TV. My family hates watching TV because yeah. I point out and every little aberration of liberalism <laughs> going all the way back to 1950 or whatever because it's been in the anyway. Let's so anyway. So we go to this Indian reservation, and I'm thinking I do not want to drive eight or nine hours for one day. It ended up I thought it'd trip. be two days, but it was one day. Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow, Mike. Okay, see ya. But we had a great time, but I could have spent, I told you, I could have spent, I don't know, $10,000 in these little gift shops on these restaurants. It was one yeah. of the coolest places I've ever seen. They got some neat stuff, Because too. all these Indians make yeah. arrows and, and costumes, and there's, there's this war costume and one that was like $2,700. Leather and everything's authentic and, and uh, made by hand, supposedly. But they, they had these knives in this one gift shop. 
that uh, I was looking at these knives, and they, and they had white uh, – they weren't pearl handles, but they were white handles with the uh, – the buddy I went with, he's, he was describing that he knows knives. He makes them too. He said, these are good knives. And you know how it is. You see a gunner and, oh, you yeah. wore a book. So this guy starts – so I'm thinking in my head, you know, 100 bucks a piece. You know, I'll get one for me and my two boys, and we'll be out of here. So they're like 350 400 bucks a piece. Oh, <laughs> so, okay, see yeah. you. Where's your marmara, your uh, syrup? I can yeah, buy some right, of that. Right. So I bought some uh, peaches in a jar. Nice. Which were, you know, they were mediocre. Well, did you eat them before you got home? No, I didn't. I, I ate yeah. them when I got home, and I thought, man, if I was still there, I would take these back because I don't <laughs> like the flavor. <laughs> but like, it was a cool place. like peaches. <laughs> <laughs> There's some kind of... Sp- Indian spice or something. I don't know. Buffalo. Must have been a buffalo spice. <laughs> buffalo peaches. <laughs> I like buffalo wings, only worse. Yeah, so last week was uh, Father's Day. And so I have this, uh, I have a fetish with uh, grammar. Hmm. I'm a grammar Nazi. Hmm. That doesn't mean I'm good at it. It just means you the part I do up. know, I, I get uh, upset about. So I'm thinking Father's Day. What is the correct grammar for fathers in Father's I Day? I always or get mothers up with that. In Mother's Day. Because it's like Mother's Day. Well, because it's not one mother. It's everyone's it's mother. Everyone's mother. Right? And then but, you have to put an apostrophe somewhere, too. Well, you put a – yeah. So I'm thinking I'm, – I'm spelling Father's Day. You know, I get some happy Father's Day text or whatever. So I – in my text, I'm even grammatically correct. It drives my family nuts. So, um, so I'm putting Father's, F-A-T-H-E-R-S, apostrophe because it's plural. Right, it's not just one father. Well, if you're talking about the fathers, but not if you're talking about the day, because the day's singular. Well, but it would be the fathers. But it's though. the fathers yeah. that are See, plural. Don't mess with me on this. I know I can't you're, shake you're, you. You're just... <laughs> I'm trying to shake your tree. But... <laughs> so, so I looked it up because that's not how they do it. Mother's Day is M O T H E R apostrophe S too. Why is it like that? It shouldn't be. It should be S apostrophe. So I look it up because this is bothering me. Mm. Okay, I get bothered by things like this uh, because I've I, I'm weird. Okay, I've, I've had problems or something. Mm-hmm. Where to place the apostrophe in Father's Day? Father's Day places the apostrophe before the S, before the S, just like other holidays such as New Year's Day, St. Patrick's Day, but they would be naturally singular. Right. However, the reason that we do this for Father's Day seems to be because the precedent set by Mother's Day. So Anna Jarvis, who we talked about before. Because it's from West Virginia. <laughs> it's wrong. It's a, we can't have grammar correct in West Virginia. Why can't we have nice things? <laughs> <laughs> this is one reason, right? So Anna Jarvis, it's an aesthetic thing. Yeah. This gal said, no, I don't want the apostrophe after the it S. It doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. Right. It isn't aesthetically pleasing, but it is correct. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why Anna Jarvis said, "I want the apostrophe before the S on Mother's Day." And and so and we, she's the one I'm mad at now, right? And we learn a lesson from that. Not always, not always. What is right looks good. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Isn't that good? good. T- tears <laughs> All right, can we move on from that? Because I'm starting to get like that's uh, fine. Get, uh, all right, so we got a show for you today. We're going to talk about critical race theory again because it continues. Um, undaunted in the news like a freight train running through culture that's the bad news the good news is there's a lot of people standing up for it i was at a meeting yesterday um just a republican uh meeting 
uh, about an issue on uh, the HR1, that, that voting bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting next to a guy who's a friend of mine in town. He's, he's an intellectual guy, smart guy. He writes books just for fun. He said, yeah, I'm about to write, about to print a book on, he handed me two of the books he had just written, uh, one on nihilism and one on uh, James Wilson, who was a signer of the both uh, the Declaration and the Constitution, so he just hands it to me. He's like, and he said, "I've got one coming out on, on critical uh, critical race theory." So here's a guy who's uh, um, he's retired now, but he's just noticing and writing on it, and people are noticing and people are fighting, and we're going to talk about that. In the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, some bad things that are happening with it, but people are standing up. That's good. So a couple of interesting things of note that I thought would be worth bringing up in the first segment. uh, Governor Greg Abbott on the border wall, he said, Texas will build it ourselves. Isn't that great? (laughs) Wow. That is uh, quintessentially American and Texan, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, have you been to Texas? I have driven through Texas, okay. but it took like 12 years. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's why I fly. Yeah. Texas is my second favorite state. Do you know Texas has uh, more strict gun laws than West Virginia? Really? Yeah. Uh, but they did just pass constitutional carry, which means okay. you don't have to have a... Uh, you don't have to have a... Like a concealed carry a, a certificate. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to have concealed carry permit. Uh, you can just – and West Virginia has that. We passed yeah. that about five years ago. And Texas – we were before Texas, believe wow. it or not. Can you believe that? Isn't that odd? So Texas facing wave after wave of illegal immigrants. This is federalism, uh, Pastor. Yeah. Federalism is, is simply the balance of power between the states and the federal government, and the states need to step up. And and Abbott, who, who – uh, was not great during the pandemic. He mm-hmm. was he was a bit of a tyrant, but he's getting his sea legs here. Texas facing wave after wave of illegal immigrants coming into the country has had enough of the Biden administration's indifference. The governor said on Thursday, Abbott said Texas plans to build a border wall where it is needed. Hmm. That's sweet, isn't it? I, I heard that uh, Governor DeSantis said that he would send people from Florida to help them build that yeah, wall, I think, too. I think he did. So DeSantis, he, there's, there was a poll done, a uh, straw poll somewhere, I forget. And uh, the top four, uh, let's see, Tim Scott was four or five, and then I forget who's three, but uh, guess who number two was? I don't know. Donald Trump. Guess who number one was? Was it DeSantis? DeSantis. Wow. Not by much. DeSantis is impressing people like crazy, and I think that a lot of it is just, um, you know, uh, Churchill lost after he took uh, Great Britain through the war. He mm-hmm. lost the next election. I think people uh, are, are – Americans kind of had that weariness with Trump, who I love, you know, that. Uh, but uh, the, I think people are thinking, do, do we want to go through that four years mm-hmm. again? Um, and DeSantis is such, he's a, I think he's a Marine and he's just, he's just fearless. He's kind of a force right now. He really is. So, uh, so we got a governor in Texas. He said, I'm going to build the wall if, if, uh, 
if the president well if uh, Biden won't I will all right so next next segment we're doing uh, critical race theory here's a, a few teasers Charles Barkley said he's sick of cancel culture and he plans to walk away from uh, the show he's on and has been on forever inside the NBA. You're yeah. a basketball oh, guy. Yeah. You probably watched. I I'm watched. Not a, uh, I'm not a basketball guy. I, I watched him play. I liked. I liked watching Charles Barkley get beat by Michael Jordan. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were talking before the show, and uh, the round mound Pastor of rebounds. He loves Michael Jordan. We both have something in common. We both have seen him play in person because I lived yeah. in Chicago when they were the bomb. Yeah. They were phenomenal. Yeah. And you really loved uh, the Bulls and. Jordan, yeah. Pippen. We talked yep. about Scottie Pippen. And what a then team. you named the rest of the team, which I don't remember them. Yeah, yep. they were phenomenal. And and Phil, what's his name was Yeah, the, Jackson. Phil Jackson. The Zen Master. <laughs> Did he float during the games or is I that think like, so he hovered over on the sidelines? <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone wants. Hey, my coach floats, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so Charles Barkley said, Look, I'm tired of cancel culture, which is woke, which is critical race theory, critical theory. This is all the same thing, folks. It's all Marxism. Um, and these people getting canceled out for saying something mm-hmm. or doing something. And Barkley, Barkley has uh, conservative instincts. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not one of those leftists on TV or those— Kind of a realist. He just kind of sees it for what it is and then yeah. just says it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's always been that way. Yeah. Uh, so he's saying, look, after my—I'm sure his contract's up, or he's, I think he turned 60. He said, I'm, I'm tired of it. He said— um, Last year, uh, see, everybody's trying to get everybody fired, and it really stinks. He didn't use stinks, but it's the I'm sick of talking about kneeling. What y'all are actually going to do? What, yeah, what are y'all actually going to do for the community? Because all they're doing is making people mad with the kneeling. You yeah. don't like the kneeling, yeah. So he's old school patriot, yeah. right? Yep, that's what we like, yeah, Barkley. The man. I yeah. don't always like Barkley because he can go uh, a little. Uh, he can go into the guardrail from time to time. But I, I love his. I like his manliness. You mm. know, is look. This is uh, he. He doesn't kowtow and yeah. toe the liberal line on TV. So maybe he's second to Jordan. What do you maybe. think? Maybe. Huh? Yeah, I'll go with that. All right. You're yeah. the, you're the uh, arbiter of that because you're the basketball There guy. you go. All right, doctor, uh, this is one more woke story. This is nuts. This is folks, if if you don't if you don't have uh the speaking of guardrails, um you know, a, a river has banks. Without those banks, a river becomes a swamp, mm. right? So Dr. Dulali Woke University doctors, uh, I don't know what the Dulali is, I think that's his name, but this is in England. So they are, um, he, he's calling for new laws to protect animals from hate speech. <laughs> so I can't talk mean about cats anymore? <laughs> Not directly to Not them. directly to I them. I think it's okay. Oh, like in general, I can still yes. make cat jokes? Yeah. It just, did you have a pet? I'll have a dog. Or a uh, we, oh, my, my family was an animal family. We had uh, lizards and dogs. What do you have right cats. now? You uh, have we it? have one dog. Okay, that's what we have. One dog. That's all. In my When I was growing up, my parents were very lenient with, with animals. So you could have a horse. And, uh, whatever whatever would follow you home, <laughs> <laughs> you could keep. Whatever you could get to chase peanut butter, you, you, <laughs> could, you could bring that home. Right. But, but we, in our home, we have got one at a time. Well, that's what we do. We have one dog that my wife's allergic, so we never got a dog. And so finally... 
she started doing research on hypoallergenic. Yeah. Right. Now they can just breed dogs that don't make you sneeze. Yeah. And that, <laughs> it's the difference between fur and hair. So if a yeah. dog has hair, that's not good that's not for good. somebody with asthma like my wife. Yeah. So finally we find this dog, and now the dog gets worshipped every morning. Every morning we wake up, we bow <laughs> the to the truth. dog. <laughs> the truth. And now she's saying, honey – I think we need one more. That's how she starts. Yeah. That's how she works me. Don't do it. <laughs> she does it real subtly. Mm. And it takes about a year. That's what she did with our first dog. She started a year before and said, honey, well, let's get a dog. Yeah. And no, uh, we don't need a dog, you know, whatever. And we have a dog. Resist. I could not resist. I lost. <laughs> and I can't talk mean to that dog now or um, – uh, apparently, I'll be arrested or something. Yeah, that's that's coming in in England. I cannot wait to call the police on you. <laughs> I'm going to be, be I'm going to be listening. Trust me. All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We're coming next segment. We're going to talk about critical race theory, and uh, it's going to be good. So don't go away. This is Mike Azinger and Pastor Brian Leversey. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, Pastor. Uh, I'm not the pastor. I do that. Hey, quit trying to take I my job. I'm ahead of myself here. Senator, uh, State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversey, my co-host. Having fun. We love doing this every week. We appreciate you uh, folks who listen in. And uh, when you give us a comment uh, during the week or whatever we see out and mm. about, like your show, we appreciate that. Yeah, we do. And, uh, hey, listen. Even if you have to lie about it, is that <laughs> we'll, a, is we'll that take a lies. <laughs> I don't think it's a sin if they're if they're telling us. You know, it's about us. I, I'll even make a sign that says, "I'll take lies for compliments." <laughs> <laughs> Still yeah. feels good. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, uh, Voice of Truth Radio Show. We've been doing this. What's what would you say? Is our twenty third, twenty fourth show? This is like, this, this is twenty four. Hold on, let me move the timer out of the way here. It is it is show twenty three. 23. Amen. Yeah, Amen. the Michael Jordan show, remember? Ah! Yeah, that's that's going to be a good one. That triggered the fuck. So, no pressure. Somebody uh, so got some uh, – Rush Limbaugh's was, his, his slot was finally filled, and uh, we didn't get that call. I was shocked. Well, I think that we'll sue somebody. Yeah. Because we were hurt and offended. That's right. All right, so we're going to talk about um, – Critical race theory or critical theory, like a freight train, fro- folks, it's moving through the culture and running over, destroying whatever it t- whatever is in front of it, which is the military, mm. which is education, which is government entities. And when that happens, it's, it bleeds into the culture. It becomes a systemic problem, yeah. which is a word we hear all the time. And systemic just means it's within the whole system, yeah. the whole system of, of what uh, – uh, what uh, makes up a, a community. So this is Vadi Bauckham. Vadi Bauckham is a guy I've heard about for years. I don't know if you know of him, Pastor. Uh, Southern Baptist guy, and he's a he's a black guy in the Southern Baptist movement. Mm-hmm. He, by his own admission, says, okay, this is very, very rare and, and unusual. But he's a, he's a theologian, pastor, and uh, went to Southern Baptist seminaries, and uh, he's currently a, a missionary in Africa right mm. now. But he wrote a book on um, 
uh, on critical race theory that I heard about from a guy named mm. Everett Piper, mm. uh, not a daycare. Don't don't know if you've heard of his book. He just basically went after the culture, saying, "Look, quit being a baby." He's yeah. a president of a Wesleyan school in mm. Oklahoma, and just really good. So he recommended Bauckham's book, and it's very good. Yeah. So here's something. Uh, this is a this is an interview online that I found with Vadi Bauckham. Uh, let's see what Daily Wire. Um, Daily Wire is that uh, that's uh, Ben Shapiro's. That's what I thought, yeah. Ben Shapiro. So apparently Shapiro or one of his guys is interviewing Bauckham. So Bauckham says this. Uh, I don't know halfway into the article, he says uh, under the headline, "People are beginning to wake up." Mm-hmm. So. Shoo, you know, I exhale a sigh of relief. Yeah. But if anyone paying attention, we'll, we'll see this. So this is what Vadi Bauckham said. Uh, Bauckham's cultural and spiritual diagnosis is sober, but he remains hopeful. He says, I was worried for a while that we're moving toward a race war. Yeah. He said, I don't see that now. I see a pushback against critical race theory and some of these other things. And so I'm excited about that. The other thing is, I feel like this is running out of steam. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only so much guilt, <laughs> right, <laughs> and self-flagellation that people can go through before they finally say, you know what, I'm tired. I think we're at that point now. Yeah. So that I found uh, encouraging because of, if Vadi Bauckham says it, mm-hmm. um, he has his finger on the pulse and has for a long time. and. And uh, his book called Fault Lines is uh, a, a, a great read on on uh, critical race theory. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I, I kind of feel that way, too. And I think that it's coming from, you know, some that are left in the more uh, mature aspects of our culture who, who kind of can reflect back and see where we've been and where we've come from. I don't know that in my interactions with people, I'm picking up on it too much in some of the younger generations that have been conditioned, especially in our, our school systems and, you know, in culture where they've been overexposed to, you know, media, social media, uh, entertainment outlets. Uh, I think they are are taking the bait on some of this stuff a little bit more. Um, I think even within conservatism, some of the younger so-called conservatives are giving in platform issues, you know, concerning critical theory, um, you know, marriage, you know, different things like this. So I think that our our more mature aspects of our culture, they do need to have a voice. We need to keep talking about it. We need to te- keep decrying some of these things that we're seeing in our culture today. There you go. So uh, you mentioned you mentioned school. Um and we'll, we'll talk about this in the next segment more, but but you know that just from the pandemic, there's uh, this again. Named Corey DeAngelis posted this. I saw it on Facebook. I think it was a tweet. He said public schools lost nearly 1.3 million students this year. Yeah, and um, for various reasons, but I I promise you that critical race theory in these schools. Um, has something to do with it. So yeah. there's an article by a gal named Carrie McDonald who's just excellent. And we'll talk about that for a minute next segment. But uh, but it is affecting it is affecting the schools. Um, in Texas, here we go, Texas again, Governor Abbott 
Texas outlaws critical race theory. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill into law on Tuesday, which would have been either a couple days ago or a week ago Tuesday, that uh, prohibits state teachers from discussing topics related to critical race theory. Good. Adding another chapter in the saga of the embattled educational frameworks plan in American classrooms. I got a call from a lady. See, I introduced a bill, and a buddy of mine introduced a bill also last session to get rid of critical race theory. So I'm getting calls from these. Um, I got mentioned in a Newsmax article, hmm. so I want to raise. <laughs> yes, I'm marking it down. So, but but uh, I'm getting calls from these media outlets, which I, when when they're big ones, I usually don't mm-hmm. I don't respond to them. But I'm thinking I'm, I, I interview I responded to one, and I'm thinking of responding to the others just because uh, I think it needs addressed. Yeah. And then even if I get creamed, you know, or maligned or whatever, that's okay. So I'm thinking to start. It just takes time because you have to write. You have to make it really really uh tight mm-hmm. but uh, uh but uh the, the critical ratio it's be, it, this lady called and she said look what, what's going to happen to your bill it says your bill's dead i said don't worry we got one coming next session that's going to be even better it's going to be more comprehensive broader tighter and it's going to be a much better bill and more people will know about it right and that's part of the the challenge is it just is. getting people to know about it and now enough time has gone on where people are seeing what the ramifications are of this critical theory if it goes all the way that they're wanting it to go. And that I think that's why we're seeing the pushback that we're seeing. So I think it's ripe for some of these bills to actually gain some momentum. And I, I absolutely believe that. And those listening need to get on board. I yes. mean, don't be quiet. Yeah. I, I was uh, in a fast food um, restaurant the other day. And I heard uh, grandma having a discussion with her uh, granddaughter about critical race theory. Who ever thought you'd see that in a Wendy's, right? And uh, just saying, you know, how this wasn't right and, you know, explaining the dangers of this. And so, I mean, don't be quiet. That's amazing. You know, I think it encouraged me. I'm like, hey, we need to have a voice. Wow, that's great. Um, and in the next the next story I have in front of me is moms must keep hammering school boards until critical race theory is dead. And this is a story in uh, the Federalist, which mm. is a great resource. It's one of the first places I ever heard of critical race theory. As a matter of fact, um, in the state senate, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if you remember I told you about. It. I did this. We we do these videos after the session. Uh, Last last uh, January, we were in session uh, February th- through April, so that we set, we had it set up so the Republicans could do a video after the session and address a certain issue. I right at the beginning of the session, I just did a one on critical race theory, um, just just because it wasn't mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm on a mission here, but it's just like okay, I'll do critical race theory. I needed an issue, and right. I thought that's a good one. It had. It, it somebody tweeted it. The left got a hold of it. It has seventy thousand views. Wow! It wasn't that great. I mean, it, it was okay, but it wasn't a great video. It didn't have lots of comprehensive uh, uh, information in it. Right. It was just somebody addressing it and saying it. And uh, I think that a lot of leftists texted it too because they uh, tweeted it too. But um, but 
uh, we just uh, uh, just a, a state one of the state senators who who wouldn't be very con- conservative at all. We just said in our group text, uh, uh, "Hey, I just saw something about this critical race theory on Fox. We need to address that next next session." Hmm. That's when I thought, "Okay, good." Yeah, because he's he's a very smart guy. Uh, did very well in business, but he's not into. He doesn't have his his uh, finger on the pulse of social issues like you and I would. Right. So for him to say that is 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 really good. The Federalist, uh, the Federalist uh, is a website that's very good, and they said, "Look, moms and dads too." You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why they're addressing moms. I think it's because dads we tend to let the let the gals do it if we don't have to, but the the men need to step up. I got um, here's a here's something I sent you, Pastor. Uh, let's see what you think about this. Here he is. Here's a furious mom. This furious mom. Who, what's this in? This is Rumble. I'm not even sure what that is. I've heard of it. Furious mom confronts school board over sexually explicit yeah. lessons for five year olds. I saw that. Okay, so, folks, you can't see this on radio, and that's good. This is for five-year-olds. This is this is uh, adults in this workbook mm-hmm. with no clothes on. Unbelievable. Five-year-olds. She starts explaining it to the Board of Education that she says. She goes off on them. They get upset because her language is too explicit. And she's just reading from and the book. And she's reading from the book. <laughs> what in God's name are we doing yeah. to our children when we are uh, – this is this – is perversion that we're teaching them at five years old you know and this is something that frustrates me too is in some ways we've brought it on ourselves because many times uh, parents aren't taking the responsibility to teach their children the virtues and the morality issues they're also punting that to the state and that you know fine if you've got a public education system and you happen to use the public education system teach the kids math Teach the kids basic science. Teach the kids how to read and write and put the apostrophe in the right place on Mother's Day. You know, teach them all these types of things. But when it comes to how the family's formed and belief system and it comes to uh, morality issues or even teaching your children about sexuality – Leave that to mom and dad. That's right. that's their calling. And yeah. don't punt it, parents. Grab onto it and have open dialogue with your kids. You know, we know our kids are going to get exposed to things. We know they are. We don't pretend. We don't shelter them. I mean, we keep them from danger, but we don't shelter them like they're never going to see anything or they're never mm-hmm. going to hear anything. Mm-hmm. We have conversations with them, prayed over conversations at appropriate times with the Bible as our foundation because yeah. I'm their parent. Mm. Some public school teacher isn't their parent. That's right. The state isn't their parent. The state isn't going to give uh, a lesson on sexuality from a biblical view. No, They'll, they no. never, they never will. Now, maybe they, they, you know, what they never did. It was never done in schools. Yeah. This is like this is all from the '60s revolution when when sexuality was shoved out of the uh, the whole uh, moral paradigm mm-hmm. you know the, the you can't you can't put sexuality in a moral context anymore yeah. uh, because it's asexual you know yeah. whatever you want to do sexually is okay nobody condemns that yeah. and, and i think that's happened slowly over the years in the culture but yeah. god has a lot to say about yes, it yes he does you know uh, so this mom, this furious mom, you want to see this gal? Look at her. Is she mad or what? <laughs> She's going after him. <laughs> uh, you know, if some men would stand up and look like that too, yeah, that, well, that would be a big help. Yeah, and and uh, 
that that's why I don't like the the title of the article. Uh, moms must keep hammering school boards. Uh, men, yeah. dads. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to. Are you familiar with uh, R.J. Rushdoony? He wouldn't mm-hmm. be theologically. He was kind of like a. Ref, a re, uh, you know what, what's a post millennialist? Probably you know that will bring in the the. Uh, uh, heaven on earth. What oh, it? like a kingdom now. Yeah, kind there of. you yeah, go. Okay. Yeah. So, but he's very smart, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And he had, uh, he had, he's an older guy and he sent these fireside chats out, you know, like Roosevelt did. He, and these guys would sit around a table. It was him, uh, Otto Scott and, uh, Rush Dooney's son and one other guy. And they would just chat about a subject mm-hmm. like education. It was fascinating. Otto Scott was the older guy and he was just an old crusty curmudgeon who didn't care and would just say things. <laughs> and uh, so my brother used to get their tapes, the little cassettes, and I'd listen to them too. So Otto Scott said, I remember something happen- happening at school. He came home and told his dad. And he said, my dad got his hat, got his coat, and drove over to the school. Now, that's what parents need yeah. to do. And get parents are starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Their parents are showing up at here. In Wood County, it's happening, are showing up at the boards of education meeting. And they need to show up and sit, put a chair next to the teacher's desk sometimes mm-hmm. and say, no, we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to teach our kids this way. And, uh, uh, you know, our kids were all but a couple years uh, went, to, went to Christian schools. But even in Christian schools, mm-hmm. uh, this race theory stuff will creep in. Well, it's creeping into churches and into like like Vadi Bakum, who's writing as a Southern Baptist. It's crept into the whole movement there with the uh, the critical theory and critical oh, race. Yeah. And you know who I was listening to on the way home from North Carolina? I was uh, listening when I I, I I put my Indian music CD in after I was done with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got, got my Indian music CD at the reservation, which was phenomenal. So uh, I was listening to a guy we carry here. Uh, he's on the, on in the evenings. Um, Oh, what's the guy's name? I've told you about him. I'll, it'll come to me. Uh, Wretched Radio. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So he was on. Name. He was on. I caught him somewhere. Yeah. Driving home, uh, and he was talking about this whole Southern Baptist thing. They just had a vote for the president, you mm-hmm. know, and it was a battle. So yeah. you have, uh, uh, you have one guy who's the moderate. And I can't think of Al Mohler. Yeah. He's kind of a moderate. He's, yeah. It would surprise me. I thought he was more hardline. And then you had uh, the left wing guy, which is hard to believe. You have a leftist in a in a right. Baptist church, but it's true. So this this is the largest uh, non denominational movement there is. Well, they're Southern Baptist, non Catholic, yeah, non-Catholic. Southern Baptist. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, so th- so the Russian radio guy was interviewing the guy who was the conservative and almost won, and he was telling the whole battle within the Southern Baptist Convention mm-hmm. over, look, look, it, it's critical race theory. Yeah. That's the battle right now in yeah. the Southern Baptist Convention. And um, they took over, you know, the, the, the they had this battle within liberalism, uh, 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 against liberalism in, in the convention a number of years oh, ago, yeah. 20, 30 years ago. And conservatives won. Mm-hmm. And it's happening again. And so the guy that almost won, who's the conservative, is saying a lot of a lot of these churches are saying, "Look, we're done, we're out of here." Mm-hmm. And he's saying, "Don't do that. Uh, give us a couple more years, and uh, we can get conservatives in there." So that's kind of the battle right now yeah. 
within the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, which uh, we're we're not a fellowship Baptist. We're no, independent. Independent. No, yeah. no uh, association. We're in, independent, and we do what God wants us to do. And yep. you're going to teach on critical race theory soon. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna Hopefully, be right in the beginning of the fall, we'll be covering yes. it on Wednesday nights at uh, seven o'clock during our Bible study. And dealing with the whole social justice issue, deal with the mm-hmm. whole critical race theory issue, and deal with it like we do here on Voice of Truth from a biblical perspective so we can get some real grounding of truth on it. Very good. So, uh, like uh, Daniel in the lion's den, four teachers who stood up refused to teach wokeness, mm-hmm. critical race theory, in the classroom. So here's another story. I couldn't—it was a Daily Wire Shapiro story. It wouldn't let me— um, print the whole story because they wanted money and I <laughs> you won't hey we just gave you a raise <laughs> <laughs> no I think that you said I think the deacons have not approved that, oh so. okay alright <laughs> so anyway four teachers who stood up uh, and refused to teach wokeness and let's see what else I got here uh, just just some examples look of, of where all this is spreading and it's going in the military too yeah, and my, my boy's about to go in the the army in about a month he's leaving but mm-hmm. he watches these videos all the time on youtube of these uh you know training sessions and all this and and the and you can see you know uh, they're not allowed to yell at you uh, they're not allowed it, it's almost like oh my goodness so, we, were, we were talking the other day and i don't mean to interrupt no, this sorry. but we were talking the other day just in uh, our staff meeting about uh comedy and how things can't be funny anymore. Right. You right. know, you can't joke about things. I mean, I remember we, we talk about basketball. I remember being on a basketball team and, uh, you know, you'd have people, you know, different ethnicities coming together on the team. And, you know, we would we would talk about our abilities and inabilities, yes. athletically speaking, and, and having fun with each other about it. And now... You're you're like on eggshells. Oh, you don't know what goodness. you can say or not say. But but we noticed this. It was an observation that we made. We said, if you think of hostile regimes, government wise, like they're full of communism, socialism, they're they're oppressive. Yeah. You don't hear of any like uh, superstar comedians in those those countries. You know, it's not like they've got their own TV show and they're out there because. I think in comedy, there's an element of truth to to anything that's actually funny, yes, and then yeah. you expound on yes. it and you make satire yeah. of it, and uh, and they get to the point where they can't have any aspect of their bogus belief systems ever questioned or or laughed about. You right, know? and yeah. and it's like that's happening in America. You know, I mean, you've got comedians yes. who are afraid to to be, and I'm I'm not for you know a lot of comedy can yeah, be filthy get, anyway right. but you understand what i'm yeah. saying you can't be funny anymore yeah. you can't you can't yeah, notice so things or com- uh, comedians in communist countries uh have their <laughs> biggest gigs in the gulag so, <laughs> so that's where they perform jerry fine seinfeld who can be uh very funny and a lot of his stuff is is very clean right. he just makes stupid observations <laughs> right. that are just uproariously uproariously funny and he laments this all the time and a lot of the comedians do. Like mm-hmm. you said, look, we're not endorsed. <laughs> Most comedians out there, unless it's dry bar comedy, which right. is a clean right. – I don't know if you've ever seen their – Right. Uh, so, uh, th- right, you know, exactly. There's there's an element of – the funny – look, the f- you were talking and when you started saying this, I remember. The funniest uh, Gilligan – Gilligan's Island episode was when the two Japanese came in, in the, the lagoon on the sub. <laughs> and they were they were caricatures of a Japanese. It's hilarious, yeah. right? So, 
you couldn't you couldn't yeah. make a show. You can run the they run the show yeah. now, but you can't make a show like yeah. that. Now. So right now, uh, just 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 quickly, we're going to bump out of here and, and go into uh, the last se- last segment. Uh, so Virginia official promoted critical race theory trainings and writings during a presentation to America's oldest military academies board of visitors. So they're bringing in these people, and the more you read about these uh, about critical race theory, you, the more you hear the same names over and over. Mm-hmm. And one of them is this uh, D'Angelo gal. Um, I don't have her first name. It didn't print out right, but – but she's one of them. She's a professor at Westfield State University, and here she is. She has her best-selling books called White Fragility. Wow! And the point you make forever on on this that is so good. There's there's no forgiveness in it. There's there's no redemption. There's no way that you can ever atone enough for the sins of being white. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about, folks. The more I read, the way it's the oppressor and the oppressed. Mm-hmm. That's what. It's, that's why it's Marxist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Marxist in its roots, and the white folks are the oppressors. Everyone else is the oppressed, and they're 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 after us. It's one. It's it's amazing how many times these this fractioning happens too, because it's it's been uh, it's been black and white. It's been men and women. It's been. Uh, you know, just just trying to find these divisions. So, so now you got terms out there like toxic you know, masculinity, yeah. and you know, uh, well, you can't be a man, and and sexual uh, stuff, and, yeah. uh, like like the transgender stuff, yeah, and, and uh, um, uh, the, the the masculinity. If you and, can and find the, two people that hate each other, then 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 you can build a whole system off of that. And, and that's what the communist countries used to do. Mao Zedong, Stalin, they would send the youth out into the mm-hmm. countryside and they would create friction among two parties. Yeah. It's um it's 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 marxism uh t- to the core and uh Karl Marx is is the foundation of it and and Karl Marx, you know, I I just Think the man was was probably demon possessed. This is such a demonic. Yeah, it's, it's a spiritual, and that's it what is. I'm trying to tell people. I'm trying to prep people because it, it almost has been ingrained in Americans. You know, we call our 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 show here, Voice of Truth. You know, the fusion of church and state, and that almost makes the hair on the back of people's neck stand up because they're like, "Oh, you can't put church and state right. together." And it's getting to the point where. Pastors need to start standing in the pulpits and talking about this stuff because it's not a political issue. It is a spiritual issue. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is it is flat out, you know, spiritual warfare that's happening in our culture today. And uh, it's under the guise of political things, but it's, spirit, it's a spiritual battle. Yeah, it is. And uh, the fusion of church and state, you know, uh, the, the, that all goes back to Jefferson and, and there's a long history we should do on that because I kind of say it flippantly and, and to be to be funny and to tweak people, mm-hmm. the liberals. But uh, but but the the wall of separation that is in no founding document was in a letter to the Danbury yeah. Baptist by Thomas Jefferson saying, "Look, the government has no that's right, right, and that's to the whole stick point its of grimy it. fingers in this in the church." And I can't believe the number of educated people I've heard misuse that. It's like, take, you know, it bothers me almost like taking scripture out of context, you know, where you know what that passage means and they'll take a verse and yeah. twist it to yeah. to kind of promote their agenda. And it's kind of the same thing with that. They use that whole letter 
to to you know oh, they promote their they agenda, did. and it, it's the opposite of what it meant if you study it. it, it it's exactly right. Yeah. It started in, in a Supreme Court case in 1947, and it's just spread like wildfire since then. Um, two quick articles I just want to mention just to show how it's spreading in the military. Navy Chief of Operations, Navy Chief of Operations, this is the head dog, one of them, dodges Tom Cotton, who's a, a great uh, senator from Arkansas, uh, dodges Tom Cotton question on if capitalism is racist. So Tom Cotton asks this Navy Chief of Operations, is capitalism racist? Because they're passing out some Marxist book, and the guy wouldn't answer. Hmm. Here's the last one from Daily Caller. State official promotes critical race theory-based classes at a military college. So it's creeping everywhere. If it gets in our military, folks, yeah. it, it is going to spread like wildfire and would do great destruction. So we got to stand up against it. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show with your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church in Vienna. That is where you uh, reside yes, as sir. pastor. Mm-hmm. You came right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Did you bring it with you or did, was it here when you got here? <laughs> and in our next segment. <laughs> <laughs> you preached You preached from the front porch for how many months? Man, it seemed like forever. I don't know how in the world you did. You had to, you know, you were brand new. You didn't know anybody. And preaching to cars. You come from California, preaching to cars. In a parking lot. There's a book there somewhere. There is, preaching to cars. All right, so uh, Sesame Street. Sesame Street introduces family with two gay dads during Pride Month. Hmm. Sesame Street, two gay dads during Pride Month. So that's a little bit of a segue into what the Supreme Court did last week, which was phenomenal and just breathtaking in its – just in in the sheer brashness of of these justices and the fact that – even the left-wing, liberal, hardcore leftists on the court voted with it also. It was a unanimous decision. Hmm. What was the decision? This was the decision. This is from the Christian Post. Supreme Court rules Christian foster agency can't be forced to place kids with same-sex couples. Hmm. Same-sex couples. Uh this, the Supreme Court said Christ, uh, it's a Catholic agency. I think it's in Philadelphia. They sued because they said, look, we're not going to put children with same-sex couples. Yeah. We don't believe in that. Right? You're allowed yeah. to not believe in that. Yeah. You're allowed to believe that marriage is defined by a man and a woman, yeah. period. Yeah. There is no other definition. So the Supreme Court said nine to nothing. Wow. This is stunning. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that the city of Philadelphia can't exclude a Catholic charity from its foster program uh, simply because the organization won't place children with same-sex couples because it goes against their religious beliefs. Good for them. You are not, uh, you have a First Amendment right to not make it, do something that that against uh, goes against your conscience. That's right. Not just your beliefs, your conscience. Yeah. 
the uh, in a unanimous decision, nine nothing. All nine said the Catholic uh, adoption agency does not have to put children with same-sex couples. This is stunning is. to me. It was uh, the decision was released Thursday morning, which would have been last uh, Thursday. It's, it was uh, the Fulton v. City of Philadelphia. That was the decision. Um, the high court ruled city officials were wrong to quit working with Catholic social services of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia for refusing on religious grounds to place children with same-sex couples. Hmm. The decision reversed a judgment of a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit and remanded it for further proceedings. I don't know what that means, but nine month, nine to nothing wow. is stunning. Wow. Hey, I want to say this, too, because we talked about Sesame Street at the beginning. You got to watch what your children are engaging with. You can't yeah. just say because this is a children's show that my kids can watch it. I mean, we uh, have this Disney kind of thing that uh, we, we, we've ordered and we can watch. And I was looking because I don't just let my kids watch things without my guidance. And there's a whole yeah. section there that kids can access on the Disney Channel Disney. that promotes uh, homosexual lifestyle. They've got a little show called Out, and it uses a relationship between this Dude, this grown man, this grown man living with his parents. He's got to be in his 20s. Oh, my goodness. And he's coming out, and he uses his little dog as a way to communicate with his dad about how he's trying to come out as this homosexual. And it just steps kids through this whole process using a 20-year-old man. What does a kid have any – what does my 4-year-old have any business watching some 20-year-old guy structural, you know, struggle with his sexuality trying to come out to his parents? I mean, so you can't just – Turn your kids over to this because it's Disney or it's Sesame Street. It's it's indoctrination. Yeah. And look, this stuff works. That's why they do it. Yeah. And it works not just on children. Mm-hmm. I mean, how awful is that? How devious oh. is that? It's wicked. And uh, but but it, it it look adults can be indoctrinated. Yeah. Um, you know that's why they're we, we talked about the last segment. They're they're uh, they're pushing critical race theory in the military. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> excuse me, it's. Uh, the reason they're doing it is because it works. Yep. Indoctrination works. The the communist countries have done it forever, and uh, you know uh, cults do it. Mm-hmm. Indoctrination works, and uh, it's it is a it, uh, like you said, it's a spiritual battle. It this is. is a spiritual thing. But um, the the Supreme Court made a, a great decision here, uh, nine nothing. That was a decision for for liberty. Um, and I, I was just glad to see it and wanted to, wanted to mention it. So, uh, let me see here. I had one other story. Hold on. Uh, let me just run this one by you. Hold on. Hold the phone. <laughs> Found it. This is why I print stuff out. That's I don't know right. how you do it all on your phone. So what if what if I put a little virus in your phone? You couldn't could access it. That'd make me feel good just to say. <laughs> it's an Apple phone, so I don't think you can get a virus. You can get a worm. There it's you go. Worm. That's it. I gotta get a an new Apple. phone. My phone is so ancient uh, that. Uh, well, every time you buy a phone, that's the that's the frustrating part about it. Is the next day. It's yeah. like you got to update it, and yeah. and then the updates don't work. How much are they? They're like a thousand bucks. The phones, yeah. 
Like, it, like if you one. buy it on your own or you get locked into some plan where, you know, you're paying so much a month anyway to. Yeah, we used to have, to have like 10 kids, but I it, I have to give one of my children <laughs> up every time I <laughs> get kids. a new phone. The defund the police movement has a broader agenda and it's not to stop the killing of black people. So this is just this is, uh, something I want to mention because we mentioned this before. This is a critical race theory thing. And I needed two minutes in this segment because I ran out. But uh uh, so it's just talking about that the defund the police has become a popular phrase among leftist activists. Uh, and this guy's just basically saying that, uh, that it's not about the police. It's not about money. This uh, gentleman says, I believe it's an agenda to completely destroy and dismantle local police departments so that the government can have control of law enforcement in this country and push a nationwide agenda. This is, mm-hmm. uh, this is a guy who's with the Epic, uh, the Epic, Epic News, and he, he, he just basically you – know, we've, we've made this point before, but um, you, get the, you get the police out of the way so a dictator can take control, yeah. and, and that's what that's about. We're looking forward here at Fellowship Baptist Church on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Well, actually the day after. It's the Sunday. I think it's the 12th of September. We're having a first responder appreciation day at our church and we're inviting all the different, you know, elements of law enforcement that are in our area, the fire uh, department. And we're gonna have a big day here for them, honoring them and enjoying them and, and, uh, you know, talking about how important they are from the word of God. So it's going to be a great time. That's great. Yes. I look forward to that very much. And uh, it's important. So we're going to, we're going to do etiquette in the last segment Folks, do not go away. We have uh, some important lessons. That, oh, man. This has helped me out a lot. <laughs> helped me out a lot. It, we're almost done. Yeah. We have 50 of them, and we'll be on 40 through 45 this week. Do not go away, folks. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. All right, we're finishing up. We're almost done, uh, Pastor, with the 50 rules of etiquette. But there's um, so much more I need to learn. There is a lot <laughs> that you need to learn. I, not me. I'm, of course, perfect. But this is from Town & Country Magazine, townandcountrymag.com. I would uh, I forget the name of the article. I'm not scrolling all the way up to no, find it because no. I'll never get back. No. Something about etiquette. <laughs> yeah, right. So last week we did 36 through 40. Let people get off 36. Let people get off the elevator first before you go on. Teach your kids good manners. That's kind of a catch-all there. Silence your smartphone at the movies. Yeah, no, hello. Help someone who's clearly struggling. So it's got a little kid here reaching for the I don't know puzzles or something at a store there. Uh, 40. Okay, so here we no 40 was last. No, 39. I don't know. Okay, we'll start with 40. Yeah. I think 40 through 45. Five. That's six, yeah. though. Um, yeah, just start is. with 40. We, we don't remember it anyway. <laughs> it's, it's math. <laughs> 40, thank a veteran for his We did do that one. We did. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, yeah. so we, everyone thanked the veteran this week. 41, bring food. Yeah, anytime, really. Yeah, so like, where is it? Even if you're I'm not I'm looking in here around the studio. What do I <laughs> we see? We got nothing. An empty cup of water. I've got like two ounces left. <laughs> There's no food. Can we start having this catered? Oh, catered, I think so. <laughs> Come on, people. Let's uh, let's Somebody make this show there. great. Yeah, hello. 
Bring food. That's a great one. That's a Baptist one, too. It is. Baptists are always, we always have food if you're Baptist. Yep. All right, 42. Hold on, folks, because it – oh, man. I think it may be – my phone's not downloading. 39, 40. Are we stuck? Yeah, we are. No, 41, bring food. 42. <laughs> Wipe down the exercise machine after you yes. use it. Yes, yes, Is that please. for sure? Oh, That's you've got to do that. <laughs> Have you seen exercise equipment when you some know people what? are I, done with I it? I never go to the gym. Don't No no oh. comments. I I work out at home. You obviously don't need to. No, I, know. I, I didn't want to say it, but thank you. Wipe down the exercise machine after you use it. Pastor Leversey strongly admonishes us to yes, do that. please. Please. <laughs> 43, take your sharpened car... <laughs> Take your sharpening, <laughs> take your shopping cart you to the corral. Yes, there's this video I saw. It was in the middle of some kind of a hurricane, and this lady was determined. <laughs> it's blowing her she back. had more character than the whole town she lived in. She said, "I am getting hey. this cart back to the corral." Have you ever been in that in-between place in the parking lot where you're like? It's equal distance from the front of the store as it is yeah. to the cart corral. And you're like, ah, and you just kind of find a place where it's not going to roll too bad. <laughs> is this a confession of sin? No, I'm just saying I've seen people do oh, this. Okay. <laughs> you're asking for a friend. Yeah. 43, take your shopping cart to the crowd. 44, don't groom yourself. <laughs> Who does? Is this the 50s or something? Don't groom yourself in public. Yeah, it's like oh. Fonzie always combed oh, his hair. This one time, I looked down, not at this church, but I looked, <laughs> I looked down while I was preaching, and somebody was clipping their toenails. Oh. clipping their toenails. Fingernails is bad. That's enough. bad enough. They should be put in jail for that. Toenails. Toenails. They should be right sent there. To sing sing. In the sanctuary. That's disgusting. Oh. Don't groom yourself. Don't do that, folks. Don't, Don't groom yourself in public. Number forty-five. Skip controversial or nosy topics at parties. All right. But that's so much fun. I know, but that's what they said not to do it, so uh, we can't do it anymore. Well, whatever. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. This is the Voice of Truth radio show with Mike Azinger and Brian Leversey. We'll see you next week. I will choose to live.